Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Coming to you live from my basement tonight. Hope you had a great Christmas. We got an Oilers game on Wednesday. We got a game Friday afternoon, Saturday afternoon. Hopefully, as we know, the schedule can change. Sometimes change very quickly, but at the moment, the Oilers scheduled to practice tomorrow at Claire Drake Drake Arena, fly to St. Louis, game against the Blues on Wednesday, 5 o'clock face-off show, 6.30 puck drop here on 6.30, Chad. The last time the Oilers played, they uh, dressed 19 guys instead of 20. Of course, a standard NHL game roster, 12 forwards, 6 defensemen, 2 goaltenders. Against the Kraken, the Oilers had 11 forwards instead of 12, and they were able to scratch out the victory. And, uh, you know, concerns here, are teams going to have to play short? What's going to happen? Well, there are now some emergency exceptions, and a taxi squad is back. And we're going to dive deeper into this with a man who is uh, very good at explaining this contract-type stuff some of the roster technicalities and salary cap implications. It is Hart Levine from Puckpedia. Hart, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, sir? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Reed. It is uh, awesome to talk to you. Uh, I, I know uh, you have some some Edmontonian in your blood, so when you hear those uh, minus 30 temperatures, you know exactly what's going on, and you know you, you could survive in it. Yeah, I, when I hear minus thirty, I, I feel it. It's like you know, you can you can escape, but you still um, you still feel the tingles when it gets that cold, no matter how far you go. <laughs> there we go. That's awesome. Okay, I, and I want I know you've been on the show before. You've been on with Stoff, but just if people are 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 new to hearing your voice, or just to give a recap, uh, just give me the Coles notes on uh, Puckpedia, Puckpedia.com, and why it was something you decided that you wanted to put out there. Great. So puckpedia.com is the ultimate source for hockey fans and professionals. So it's a, it's a one-stop shop to get um, salary cap information, player contracts, um, the, the team salary information, uh, latest injury news, um, basic stats, advanced stats, and agent information. So you can see all the agents um, by their clients and rank by uh, all the dollars they have under contracts. And, um, yeah, got into it because, um, you know, big hockey fan, um, like numbers, like contracts, realized that it wasn't enough to think about who were good players. You also needed to understand um, the salary cap situation for every team. And um, there were other salary cap sites out there, but there, there wasn't ones that were organized the way that kind of I wanted to see them, but, and also combined with all that other information so that I could just go to one site and, and see it all in one place. So decided that since it didn't exist to build it and um, hope others um, share the same interests. The uh, the agents tab is a very interesting one. Uh, for example, Pat Brisson, I'm just gonna I'm just stealing your information here. Has 60 active contracts, worth a total of over a billion dollars. <laughs> the billion dollar man, yep. The billion dollar man has any uh, has any agent or GM 
ever complimented your work or ever said perhaps something on the other side of the ledger where it's like, heart, do we, why are you like, why, we, what, you know? <laughs> oh, I hear very regularly from the agents. Um, often it's, you, you know, here's, here's, I sign this client away from someone else, make sure you get him on my list. Um, I get, I get the calls saying, you know, yeah, the guy stole them for me, but I'm still getting paid the commission for the rest of this contract, so he should be on my list. So I kind of get piggy in the middle between the agent jockeying to to see where the clients will sit because they're very competitive, and so they, they really want to be at the top of the list. So, um, yeah, a lot, lot, I get a lot of calls from agents making sure that it's very accurate, and, and accurate is often, you know, the way that makes them highest up on the list from their perspective. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. I'm not surprised to hear that you get, uh, you get calls like that. <laughs> so just, you know, just gentle suggestions about what you should be exactly. putting on your website. That's what it is. Right. Okay. Exactly. So, uh, first of all, um, I, I don't know if you kept track or off the top of your head or you got a ballpark, how many, how many teams so far like the Oilers have had to play a game, a man or two or three short because of COVID salary cap stuff. Well, just off the top of my head, I, I think it's probably four or five. But I would say the Oilers technically did not play short because they didn't have salary cap room. They played short because Jesse RV tested positive that day or the night before, I guess it was, and they didn't have time to call somebody up. That that when they that game they played short, they technically had room to call up. Um, a, at least one guy, um, but they didn't actually, they just didn't have time. So that's actually not the same as these teams that had to play short due to salary cap constraints. And in fact, um, you know, and we'll, we'll get into how they've changed, but even now there's a component where a team has to play short one game before they could qualify for an exception to call someone up. And again, because the Oilers that game they played short, they actually had the cap room that wouldn't have even qualified as playing the one game short to get the exception. They would have had to play another game they they would have had to you know call someone up and maybe still play another game short before they could qualify for the exception. So that's a rare time where a team played short and it wasn't technically due to the salary cap. They just didn't have time to call someone up. Okay, so is there now? And you're so much better than explaining this. Like I've read about this, but you're so good at summing it up. <laughs> is there now a way that if a player, I'll put it this way: could a player play in a game and not count against the cap? Or how, how is that going to work? Yes. So okay. why don't, let's go over kind of how the rules normally work and then what just changed yesterday, okay? So the way that it normally works is if a team does not have um, enough salary cap room to fill out a full roster, they must play short for one game. And basically for every one game, sh- every one player short for one game they play, then they are eligible to call up uh, what's called an emergency exception player. And normally um, that player can only have a cap hit up to $850,000. It's the minimum salary plus a hundred thousand. So that this year is 850. And when they do that, that player under the exception is now called up at a $0 cap hit and they can stay on the roster at a $0 cap hit as long as the, the injuries still exist and um, they, they don't have the cap room. If, if all of a sudden um, some, they, the team sends some other players down and creates a cap room or the injured guys come back, then they have to either send that guy down or make some other moves to make him fit under the cap. So lots of teams have been using that so far this year. Um, there's teams that had like three, four guys actually playing as a $0 cap it because, because they played um, a player short um, 
you know, for each one of those guys they were able to call up. And that 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 rule has existed, you know, for since the the CBA for a long time. Um, what has now just changed is that a couple components now. Once you qualify for the exception, it, it can be a guy up to a million-dollar cap hit, not an $850,000 cap hit. So that leaves room for more of those, you know, entry-level guys that are usually 925 or so. Um, it just allows more room for that. And I, I'll spare all the details, but it also – it's a million, and it excludes performance bonuses. Um, before, um, for example, uh, like a Broberg, he has performance bonuses, and the Oilers are on LTIR. It makes them count more. But that's basically – you don't have to worry about that to qualify for the exception. So that's changed, basically. Instead of 850, you can call up a guy to a million. The other change now is if it's if you're short due to COVID, you can you can use the exception right away. You don't have to play short for a game for defense and forwards. Um, and it can be if you're. And it doesn't have to be just even 18 skaters. It's if you're short 12 forwards or or 6D, like if you're short in either position, and it's due to COVID, you don't have to play short for one game you can immediately call somebody up if they qualify for that exception meaning a million dollar cap hit or less and for goalies now it's not just COVID it's for any reason whatsoever a team can call up a goalie up to a million dollar cap hit um, and they'll, they'll carry no they'll come up at a zero dollar cap hit and that can be for COVID or injury and and that's because as we saw there was way too many emergency goalies um you know the e-bugs playing dressing and so this way now um for for any reason um the team can make sure they have like real um professional goalies um so th- those are kind of the key differences of what's changed uh as of yesterday okay uh it makes a lot of sense and so 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 if you had a big contract buried in the minors you couldn't necessarily call that guy up for some i know i know generally teams don't but okay now but the so te- here's how it affects. Here's a good example, though, of how this could affect the Oilers. Let's say they we get into what they have to do to activate Mike Smith. Well, let's say they activate Mike Smith and they send Skinner down. Right now, yep. if anything happens to Mike Smith and he, they don't have the cap room, but they don't have a cap room for a goalie. Last week, they would have had to play short a goalie. Like they would have had to dress an emergency goalie for a game before they could get Skinner up for a zero dollar cap hit. With these changes now. They send, they activate Mike Smith, send Skinner down. If something happens to Smith, whether it's injury or COVID or anything, and they don't have cap room, they could call Skinner up at a zero dollar cap hit, and he can stay like that until they have cap room or until Smith was healthy again. So that that's an advantage for the Oilers now. It's actually it makes a lot of sense to send Skinner down, and we can talk about the taxi squad as well. But it, it does free up some more options for for teams like the Oilers. Okay, you're so good at explaining this. Hart Levine joining us from Puckpedia, puckpedia.com. Excellent website. If uh, if you don't already know about it, I, I suggest giving it a, a peruse when you have a few minutes. Okay, and you mentioned the taxi squad. It is back. How does it work compared to the taxi squad we had during last season's 56-game campaign? So the only difference is just, like, who's able to be on the taxi squad. Um, but how it functions is the exact same. So th- one of the things that is important to cl- to make sure people are clear on is it's the taxi squad is basically like the players in the minors. So if a player needs waivers to get to the minors, they need waivers to get to the taxi squad. If a player doesn't count against the cap when they're in the minors, they don't count against the cap when they're on the taxi squad. And a taxi squad player cannot play in a, in a game until they get called up to the NHL roster. So it's really the best way to think about the taxi squad is it's basically like Bakersfield, except instead of them being in Bakersfield, they get to 
practice and travel with the team and they get 500 bucks you know per diem and they get health insurance and all that stuff but it's basically everything is the exact same as if they were in the minors they just get to be with the team and the advantage of that um is is now if there's injuries like for example when pulley rv tested positive um, they would have a guy right there that they would have to figure out how to get them on the NHL roster, but he's physically there. He can once they figure out the cap aspect of it, the guy can play. Um, whereas you know we saw they they didn't have time to call up someone. Last year um, there were no like um, extra cap rules about it. So what was happening is because the guys were traveling with the team, there was really no reason for for teams to carry extra skaters on the NHL roster. Um, assuming they weren't worried about losing someone on waivers, they could just keep them around on the taxi squad and not have them counting against the cap until they needed them. The one thing in the rules that came out yesterday is that this year's taxi squad is intended for to, teams don't have to play short and for like to help make the logistics easier. It's not meant for to help with the salary cap issues, and that was written in this memo. So it, that sounds to me like if if teams want to just sit, put guys down to the taxi squad on off days to, to accrue cap space and then bring them up, the league is going to actually step in and not allow that. Whereas before there were no rules about that. There was nothing written where the league could reject something like that. This year it's supposed to be meant for just making sure that teams can play like with full rosters and they have guys readily available. Um, and then, the, so that's kind of how it functions. The difference on how it works this year, or who's eligible for it, is that before it could be anybody, right? Anybody that could be in the minors could be on the taxi squad. This year it's really intended for players that were not um, NHL regulars. So if a player has basically played most of the season um, with the with the NHL team, they're not allowed to be on the taxi squad. It's about it's 75% of the days of the on the NHL roster. Um, if they've been there more than that and they're waiver eligible, they can't be on the taxi squad. So again, it's meant to be like guys that were maybe called up for a little bit so far this year, or like kind of career minor leaguers, that kind of thing. Um, it's not meant for like a top prospect who's played with the league most or, or a top young player that's played with the NHL team most of the year. You can't just like stash them on the taxi squad. They don't want that. It's meant for for like these guys that haven't really been on the NHL roster and and um, require waivers, meaning they're typically a bit older. Okay, and and, and the the stuff that they've modified here is this or are they how long are they is this going to be in place for rest of the year or is there a deadline right now? The taxi squad is in, is until the All Star break. So the taxi squad as of now is supposed to disappear as of the All Star break. Obviously, you know it wouldn't be that hard to imagine that maybe they extended if there's still a lot of COVID absences and issues, but. Right now, the taxi squad is till just the All Star break, and then the rules about the emergency exceptions um, and how to, you know, getting guys up for zero dollar cap it if you don't have cap space, that is till the end of this season. Okay. Well, as as usual, you take kind of a, a complex uh, topic that can be a little bit mathy. <laughs> and, ex- and explain it in ways everybody can can understand. But but I, I mean the the point being is that. This should help everybody around because the NHL does not want a, a game with, you know, 14 skaters and one goalie, you know, <laughs> right? De- definitely. At a minimum, it's the, the most obvious way it's going to help is teams should always have two goalies on like real professional goalies on the roster. There's really between the taxi squads, you, sh- you could have a goalie on the taxi squad and not having to play short a game if you don't have cap space. There should, you know, unless. 
unless a, guy, a team loses two goalies in the game, there's really no reason why um, any of these e-bugs should have to dress anymore. That, that's the most obvious one. And then the rest of it is just when teams start to get hit by COVID issues, if they're also tight against the cap, between the logistics of having someone there on the taxi squad and these exceptions for um, to, to call guys up at a $0 cap it, it should allow, like you mentioned, to, to have full rosters more often. Um, now, if teams like, like, let's just say the Oilers all of a sudden now get a rash of, like, real injuries, not um, COVID, th- this isn't going to help them, um, like, that much because they're still going to have to play short uh, a forward or defenseman in order to qualify for, for this kind of recall. But if it's, like, COVID issues, um, it, it should definitely help fill out the roster. So it's not really, like, it's not really giving anyone a competitive advantage. I think it's meant to sort of not embarrass the teams or at least not have to postpone as many games um, if teams get hit by injuries because there's there's less excuses for a team not to be able to you know call up minor leaguers and at least fill out a professional roster. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, Hart, we really appreciate it. Uh, you're always so generous with your time, and you're always very well-spoken. And like I said, you can take a complex topic and, and put it in words that everybody can understand. So there we go. Hart Levine from Puckpedia outlining some of the changes the NHL uh, made with some of the cap hit stuff and, and the taxi squad. Hart, thanks for hopping on tonight. I uh, hope you're enjoying watching the games too when agents aren't bugging you. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Really appreciate it. That is Hart Levine. The website again, puckpedia.com. Puckpedia.com. Uh, really when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply good website and some fun stuff to discover there. We're going to call a quick timeout for Inside Sports on Chet. Late in the second period, Oil Kings in Regina trailing 6-4. World Juniors, Germany and the Czech Republic are going to overtime. Tied 1-1. Earlier, Russia beat Switzerland 4-2. Finland pounding Austria 7-1. Still to come in Red Deer, it's going to be Sweden and Slovakia. Monday night football, it is the Dolphins going after their seventh consecutive victory, leading the New Orleans Saints 10-3 with two minutes left in the first half. All right, uh, that's your quick look at the scoreboard. You can always get in touch, 780-496-0063. The hotline presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. Cam Moon's going to join us on the CertainTeed hotline when we get back after the news. Uh, Duncan Keith hopefully going to practice tomorrow for the Oilers. Nurse Lagason. Pugliarvi maybe will be able to play for the uh, matinee coming up on the 31st. Chris Russell, who uh, not COVID for him, he is injured. He skated before practice, probably going to still miss another week or so. That is according to head coach Dave Tippett and uh, Zach Hyman looking good to return. And Mike Smith looking good. We're not sure yet. We should get more information on him tomorrow. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Well, the Germans are jumping at Rogers' place. They are absolutely thrilled, uh, boisterously singing the national anthem after their 2-1 overtime victory. Three-on-three overtime, Germany beating Czechia 2-1. I believe I may have said 
the Czech Republic before the break. That's my mistake. They are now being known as Czechia, but Germany gets the win uh, three-on-three overtime as we welcome Cam Moon to Inside Sports, play-by-play voice for the Oilers here on Jed and the uh, Oilers Radio Network. I don't know if you were watching that one or not, but the German player coast-to-coast uh, coast down the left wing and then the sharp angle roof job over the short side shoulder of the Czechian goaltender to win it for Germany, and they are ecstatic. Well, they should be. I wasn't watching it. I had the football going and doing some stuff in preparation for the road trip here. But, uh, wow, that's that's exciting for, for Team Germany. That's incredible. Yeah, so they get the win. Uh, Russia beat Switzerland 4-2. And as I mentioned, Finland over Austria 7-1 is still coming up in uh, in Red Deer. It's going to be Sweden and Slovakia, Canada back at it tomorrow against uh, Austria. So quick update there from the World Junior uh, Tournament. Mooner, uh, let, let's let's talk a little bit about the juniors. And I and I know uh, you know you guys like uh, you and I like to 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 rap about it because it's been. Uh, I mean, you and I are 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 about the same age, so I think we share a lot of memories of um the tournament often being like it wasn't in canada as often as it is now um and maybe you're getting up on your christmas break from school but you're getting up as i did uh, even earlier than you would for school five six in the morning to watch you know don whitman call a game from (laughs) from wherever in the old round robin format those are some of my early memories of the tournament Oh, exactly. You would be, you'd be like pre-booking it, you know, looking ahead. Okay. Uh, what time do I got to get up? Cause if they're playing, I really need to see this. And, you know, normally I wouldn't get up till, well, you know, it's Christmas break. I'm not getting up till 1030. Let's be honest. So <laughs> if the game's on at eight, that is cutting into my sleep time, but I'm willing to forego that for this. I, I vividly remember uh, going over to a, a teammate's house, I was still uh, playing Maple Leaf Athletic Club, and I went over to a teammate's house, and we watched. We were watching Canada play, and they had to win by, I want to say it was like three or whatever, to have a chance for the gold, and the brawl happened. I remember that. So that would have been the 86-87 season, so the 87 World Juniors where Canada and uh, Russia got into it to the point where they shut the lights off, which was not really a good idea when you think about it. And then they got kicked out of the tournament and, you know, loaded up onto a bus and driven to, you know, the airport and get out of town. Like, that's it. Persona non grata. Get out. (laughs) Well, it's like, it's, it's such an interesting tournament to talk about because, you know, you and I are sharing memories, you know, again, similar generation watching in the 80s. And, and there are yeah. people our age and older who know exactly what we're talking about. And there's probably younger people who are like, what do you mean? Every game wasn't on TV? Like, no, no. like CBC might show the last three games of a seven game round robin. So you're getting stuff on the radio and in in the newspaper or getting grainy highlights from whatever European arena it was in. And then even that, the, the punch up in Piastani, like even explaining that to people <laughs> who weren't alive at that time, it's like, no, like they, they was literally a bench clearing brawl and they were trying to shut the lights off to get the players to stop fighting. You know, like your grade one teacher would flick the lights on and off. So you'd all stop talking. That's what they were doing in a world junior event. Like it's, it's, it's almost, hard to explain to people in a believable way (laughs) 
No, you're right. <laughs> you're right. When you think about it now, uh, how that that whole thing transpired and and, and 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 back then, of course, it was just a straight round robin. Explaining that to people that that don't remember. I mean, ninety four, ninety six was the first year of having a quarterfinal, semifinal, final. Uh, the last year of the straight round robin was the ninety five World Juniors in Red Deer. Uh, I I got to be the roving reporter for that one. I was running around the rink and and getting stories and. I interviewed Ralph Klein on the concourse at, at the Centrum in Red Deer. Um, so, yeah, that was – but that was the last year of the straight round robin where it was the best team after the round robin won the gold medal. So you could, and, and Canada did that year, you could win the gold medal without even being on the ice, which, in it, you know, I – it, that's not great television. No. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> that's right. Because, uh, yeah, Canada won. They went undefeated in, in Red Deer, but uh, another game happened where their last game against Sweden didn't matter whether they won or lost, yet they still won it. Uh, and, and that made it very different. Then the next year it was in Boston in 96, and then there was a, a true playoff. And the playoff makes for better television, makes for more drama for sure. Yeah, you and I were... Uh scouring the archives of so Canada won Canada went to six and oh and if Sweden would have beat Finland they would have been five and one with a head-to-head game against Canada so if Sweden would have beat Canada they both would have been six and one but Sweden would have had to head to had the head-to-head and won the gold but Finland tied Sweden thus putting Canada three points ahead with one game left so it was over and what's interesting to me you know, interviewing, uh, who did I talk to? Uh, I had Gouli on, I had, uh, I had Gunther on. And for these guys who were born in this century, Mooner. <laughs> I know. <laughs> makes, this, makes this sound really old. Uh, oh, you know, you ask them their world junior memory. And uh, it is January 3rd, 2009. Jordan Eberle ties the game against Russia oh, with five yeah. seconds left. And then Canada wins in a shootout and then goes on to win gold. That was that you talk about incredible drama, and and that's what you know, having a tournament that has a quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, it, it creates that or it gives the possibility of that. And when Jordan Everly scored that goal, that was unbelievable. Uh, I remember I was, um, I was in Chilliwack, that's that's right, uh, calling games for the Red Deer Rebels. They were on the road, we were in Chilliwack when that happened, and and everybody going absolutely crazy in the rink because then they showed it you know soon thereafter on the on the uh, video scoreboard and the rink went like just crazy because of course it looked like the game was a done deal and then uh, Jordan Everly gets that big goal and yeah just those are some of those moments from the world juniors that and if you're if you're a a, you know a youngster at that time like that is going to be absolutely imprinted into your memory that's why i don't know world juniors is just so fun because these these players you know from canada and the u.s i mean a lot of these guys the vast majority are going to go on to great nhl careers some of them won't but but most of them will but you know from the other countries you know some will go on to nhl careers but i I don't know that you know it's it's the percentage would be maybe as high but even still uh, for some of them, it's this might be 
you know, the peak. It might be, you know, one of the greatest memories ever. And even if they do go on to an NHL career, even still this might be one of their greatest memories ever because you're together with these guys from across your country, you're playing for your country, uh, you know, for everybody else except the Canadian kids, you're in a, you're in a different country. And in, in a normal circumstance, if it was played in Canada, it would be, you know, jam-packed and the atmosphere would be, you know, completely amazing. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's just, it's a great event uh, it, it, for those that are able to take it in. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit envious because uh, it, it, it's so much fun to watch. Well, I, you really covered it off there. And, yeah, most of the Canadian players make the NHL. Not all of them, yes. but, but no, most of them all. make the NHL. Um, but then for some of the other nations, and, you, and you're right. I mean, there's a lot. There's star players from all over the world, and a lot of those guys go on yeah. to the NHL. But so, and for some guy who is the uh, 11th forward on Austria, if he scores tomorrow, even if they lose 8-1, I scored against Canada. I scored yeah. against Bedard and Wright and neighbors, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's a career. Sometimes you, you hear about career highlights from these kids that got pounded by Canada, but 10, 15 years later, they're like, yeah, but I scored against them. Yeah. That team won the gold medal, but I got a goal. <laughs> I, I remember. So again, I'm the, I'm the roving reporter for, for TSN for the world juniors in 95 in, uh, in Red Deer, and and this is and I'm, I'm tying in with exactly what you were saying. Uh, the Ukraine was at the World Juniors that year, and they didn't have a very good team. Uh, and in fact, I, I think the year before they had won the B pool, which you know pushes them up. But of course, a lot of those guys are gone. Uh, but they had this goaltender, and, and his name was uh, e, e, uh, Karpenko, Igor Karpenko. Okay, and and he he was a, wasn't a big guy, but he played like he gave it all he had. Like I mean, absolutely one hundred percent effort in every game. And of course, they're getting outshot quite heavily. And he became a bit of the bell of the ball in that everybody in Red Deer was loving Igor Karpenko, and he would get like these huge ovations because he just tried so hard. And you know, he he's going to be a guy that can always say, hey, you know, I was at the World Juniors and, and I was able to do this and I was able to do that. You know, he didn't go on to an NHL career, but uh, he he had a heck of a World Juniors on a team that wasn't very good. So yeah, that's, that's sort of the point. Cam Moon joining us tonight at Inside Sports, play-by-play voice for your Edmonton Oilers, who are scheduled to practice at Claire Drake Arena tomorrow and then uh, get in the airplane and go to St. Louis for the game coming up on Wednesday. It's on 6.30, Chad, 5 o'clock face-off show, 6.30 p.m. for the uh, drop of the puck. Uh, Cam, obviously, we hope things are a little bit crazy, but uh, the team getting through the practices and, uh, I mean, Zach Hyman, uh, I mean, Hyman even mentioned that he might have been able to play one of the games or two or three of the games last week, if not for the postponement. So it, right now it looks like he, McDavid, and Warren Fogle will be uh, yeah. one of the Oilers' uh, top two lines. I, and now Warren Fogle gets another opportunity. He played so well in that game in Seattle before the break, uh, gets a couple of goals and went to the net hard and, and looked like a pretty good fit there with, with Connor McDavid. And they get you throw Zach Hyman up on that line. Hey, let's get another look. Let's see what let's see what you can do there. I think this is 
you know, outstanding opportunity for him. So, and that's what happens. It, it, it happens on every team. You know, granted, in other years, you're not dealing with, with COVID issues, but players get hurt. You don't like to see it, but that means opportunity for somebody else. And, and there's, can they make the best of it? And if they do, awesome. But you want to see what they can do in those situations. And for Warren Fogle, it's a great chance. And, you know, Brendan Perlini, after coming back from the American Hockey League, we'll see if he's into the lineup uh, in that game in St. Louis. And if so, more opportunity for him because I thought he looked pretty good against Seattle as well. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what this is this time of year. And this is happening on every team across the NHL where other guys are getting chances that, you know, maybe wouldn't get that chance given the situation that's, you know, somewhat unique. Uh, at least to the last two seasons. So let's see what they can do. I look forward to it. I can't wait to have hockey, Reed. Like, we've been long enough yeah. without it. Like, that was a good enough break. I'm good. Let's get back to it. So I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm walking on wood. I'm crossing fingers. You, you know what? No matter what, Reed, I'm going out to the airport tomorrow. Like, this is happening one way or the other. You're, you're getting happen. on a plane. You're just going to get on a plane. If I have to. <laughs> that's, that's great. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, we hope they're going to be. I mean, if people missed it earlier, Brian Wiseman, assistant coach, did go into the uh, COVID protocol. They're hopefully getting Keith back for Wednesday's game. And, and maybe Pulley-Arby, Nurse, and Lagason will be back on the on the 31st. So you hope that that's, uh, that's going to be it with the COVID stuff for the orders and, and we can get back to playing because, because you're right. I mean, it's, uh, it was just so like, we were thought we we're going to have those three games in four days and then we didn't. And we thought, okay, come back with a battle of Alberta. Hopefully. I mean, we, we did kind of hear maybe it would get pushed back to tomorrow and then it, it just got totally postponed along with the rest of the game. So I, I hope we're able to get going here soon. Yeah. And, and, and Derek Ryan mentioned earlier that when they're on the road, they can't, they can't do much, you know, so they're trying to limit their, their interaction and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, just, uh, just a crazy time. Are, are you going to, uh, I mean, now we'll likely be doing Oilers games during the Olympics without NHL or this though. Will you, cause McDavid said how disappointed he was. I know like le- the last Olympics, the German team kind of won people over because they were yeah. such an upstart team. Even like, I felt even after they eliminated Canada, a lot of people were still cheering for them. Will you, do you think something will pull you in once the tournament starts without the NHLers or how do you look ahead to that? Oh, absolutely. It's the Olympics. I, you know, I, I'm going to watch. I'm going to hope Canada does well. Maybe they're the, the little team that could, you know, maybe they, maybe they have a, a, you know, a real gutsy bunch that finds a way to string some wins together. You hope they do, but somebody's going to do it. So yeah, I'll, as you know, Reed, I am a bit of a hardcore. So oh, for sure. Yeah. So I, I'm. I have definitely uh, taken. You know, depending on what our schedule looks like at that time, because we might have games in there too. Well, and <laughs> the game, and plus Calgary, the games. For sure. Yeah, and the yeah, and the game like with Beijing. I mean, odd start times. So. You know, will I watch? Yes. Am I necessarily going to get up at 3 a.m. for a, a, a round-robin game between whoever and whoever? Maybe not. I guess that's kind of where I'm going with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the start times would probably dictate a little bit, but, I mean, you can, rec- you could record it. 
right? You could still yeah, like VCR. you're still away, yeah, yeah, and then just you know try not to know who wins. That, that's the hard part. That's the hard part uh, is, is shutting everything off and and seeing if you can pull that off. But yeah, I'll certainly uh, take it in and and be at least checking in. I mean, maybe not as as close as I would like the World Juniors. That that one probably has a little bit more uh, allure for me. But yeah, that's I'd definitely be checking it out. All right. Well, Mooner, I always love having you on the show. Of course, we'll be chatting on the uh, face-off shows coming up starting Wednesday night. I'll let you get back to doing your prep and checking out some of the Monday night football game, buddy. Have a great evening. I'll see you at the rink tomorrow. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, Reed. That is the one and only Cam Moon checking in tonight uh, with some World Junior memories and a look at the Oilers as they get set to take on the Blues on uh, Wednesday night. It's 7.50, back in a couple of minutes, Inside Sports on Chet. All right, good to have Mooner on the show. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. So uh, I, I, I'm pretty happy. Uh, I had a, had a nice uh, nice Christmas. Like I said, spent a lot of time with my mom and dad. Uh, I helped mom in the kitchen a lot. I think I think I passed as the sous chef or whatever it was I was. Uh, also, I uh, I hit a home run with a gift I got from my parents. I, I decided to give it to them a few days before Christmas in case they, they wanted to use it or try it out, uh, which, well, we all did as a family, and it was an absolute home run. I got them an air fryer which I didn't know a lot about, but I, I've sort of seen things in recent months, you know, just social media or hearing people talk that air fryers, I guess, are the bee's knees now when it comes to kitchen appliances, the greatest thing since sliced bread for your kitchen, so to speak. Uh, I got a couple of buddies that have air fryers, so I asked, and they were like, yeah, like, air fryers are great. Like, so I'm like, all right, I'll get it. I'll get an air fryer. And it's gone over extremely well. Like, like I, I think my mom is just now like making garlic bread all day in the air fryer. I don't even know who's going to eat all of it. And you can make other stuff in the air fryer. So the the air fryer, a big hit for uh, Mister and Missus Wilkins. So I, I'm very glad that my my parents are happy, which is pretty cool. And yes, to update an ongoing storyline I had leading into Christmas, I got socks. And because I got socks, I decided to uh, further organize the uh, socks that I had. And in the process of doing that, I realized I didn't actually need socks. So <laughs> I, I, I had way more socks than I thought I had. So I, I probably won't need uh, socks now for, I'm guessing, probably at least a decade. <laughs> Now that I've actually, because I thought I was low on socks. And then I get these new socks and I was like, okay, I'll kind of organize the socks. And I was like, holy poo, I got a lot of socks. So uh, anyway, the socks w will be uh, put to good use. I, I, I got my uh, I got my mom some Grogu socks, you know, the little baby Yoda from the Mandalorian. My mom loves that character. So I got her these socks that have Grogu in a bunch of different poses. That made it sound weird, but you know what I'm talking about. Bunch of Grogu socks. Anyway, final look at the scoreboard. Germany beat Czechia 2-1 in overtime at the World Juniors. Sweden leads Slovakia 1-0 halfway through the second period. Finland down to Austria 7-1. Russia knocked off Switzerland 4-2. The Oil Kings trail Regina 6-4 with 12 and a half minutes left in the third period. And Monday Night Football third quarter just underway. It is New Orleans at home trailing Miami 10-3 as the Dolphins go after their seventh consecutive victory. Okay, thanks to Angie Quinnell. She's the studio producer tonight. Dave Campbell is the 
producer of Inside Sports, back with another live show tomorrow. Kelly Rudy is going to join me. My name's Reed. Enjoy those leftovers, eh? 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.